Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for week two of Reverse Sweep. I am joined alongside some Call of Duty legends, as always, some of my good friends, Aix, Enable, and Parasite. How are you guys all doing today? Fantastic, fantastic. Great, great. Glad to had to talk with you, gents, about what, what occurred in week two. Yeah, week two. Week two was a, a really fun week, man. We had uh, some roster situations yeah, happening. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Doug's in his PJs. Doug's in his no. Keep this in. Keep this the part dog in. Came in. I can't have the no. dog screaming in the middle of the podcast. I had to close the door. Hey, I like it? the pants. Are we, are we, no, we could probably just keep going. Or, right, I don't well, know. It's up to. Actually, fuck it. Just keep going. We run the show. Keep going, right, Chris. So... What were you saying? Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> Said uh, so this, this week was a fun week, man. We had a uh, you know roster change happen. Uh, some of the usual suspects, you know, kept their momentum rolling. And then uh, some of the teams that you expected to kind of, uh, you know, continue to, you know, go on a downward trend, uh, continue to go on a downward trend, man. I actually think we should start off this episode with the team change uh, with NYSL. I want to know your guys' opinions on if you think it's a good move, if you think that they're going to get better, or if their issue is something more than just a one-person swap because I I have a strong opinion, but I don't want to get cooked. So I'm, I'm not going to go first. I'll get cooked first. I, I, I'll do it. I'm good. I'll All right, let's it. hear it, Doug. Let's hear it. Because I know if I don't say anything now, Pass is going to take over and he's going to talk for like 20 minutes. So let me get my piece out of the way first. Yep, that's how he does it. Yeah, so I think that um, I think the thing about royalty that's a good move for them is that he's selfless. He will play the OBJ. He's really good in search and destroy, which you guys all saw in that Tuscan SND. I mean, he was the playmaker. He honestly, like, although statistically his stats weren't the best, honestly, like I watched every second of the match, and the first map absolutely got fried. No debating it. Um, but game two, he was a huge reason they won it. Game three, it clearly was a team issue on that Gav control, and on game four. I think the only real mistake that I like really nitpick Matt on was ego channeling off P4 at the end when he could have just sat down and soaked. I mean, that's just like the difference between winning and losing at the highest level. And I think for someone like Matt, he's been playing in challengers for a long time. He's been winning in challengers for a long time. And this is the best team he's had in his life. But I think that the team that he joined right now at this moment isn't 100%. I don't think Clay's playing as good as he can. I don't think Krim has been playing as good as he was on land. And I think Paco's been super consistent. But obviously, it has nothing to do with skill. There's something mentally there that's making them not click in some way. Or there's something about this game that's not working out for them. Um, but I do think that Royalty could help them in a way. I felt like with Neptune, he wasn't getting any engagements. And he also wasn't getting kills. So... I don't know. I mean, at least with Matt, he will be getting on hills. He will be pushing out uh, cuts. He will be getting into trades a lot more. Um, so who knows? I mean, I, I do think that the move was a little bit early, though. So if you guys want to touch on any of this, feel free. Well, I, I, I know. Look, Pat was about to take over. You seen that? Pat was about to go on this whole tangent. I, I'm definitely I, going next after I, this. I, I, I did. I saw Neptune. It was like a clip on the COD Reddit where it was from his point of view, where he basically... That exactly what we touched on last week, where his role was just super uncomfortable. Like they were basically forcing him to be the quote unquote hill bitch, where that's not that's not his play style. You know what I mean? He should be aggressive in your face, a slayer. And I just it's only one side of story, but I just can't help but think Krim slash Clay slash maybe the coaches, Revan, whoever. They were trying to like mold him to play super structured and it just didn't work. 
Whereas if they kind of let him do his thing, I think that they would have been better off than making a roster change. And I'm going to get cooked for this. I, I, I do like the fact that they made moves, okay? Because something clearly wasn't working. I don't think it's a one-person swap. I think royalties is in a bad situation now. Like, he, no matter what, he's going to be in a bad situation. The team's not going to improve with him, um, at least to the level that they're hoping for. But I just don't think you can have Krim and Claire on the same team in 4v4. I think in 5v5, you can do it uh, because you have that extra player. But I think that's where the real, real issue stems. <laughs> it reminds me of that clip where I was like, you can't have proof and cap on the same team from back in the day. It's kind of a funny uh, story. But anyways, um, I, I agree with <laughs> that you. That was before my time, but it was, it was, it was. But for those who know, they know. But anyways, um, my take on this is I think it's a good swap. Honestly, I'm a big fan of Matt. I'm kind of I'm, I'm maybe I'm kind of biased here because he's a friend of mine, but I think he's disgusting. I think he was put in a bad situation. Yes, I do think um clay and crim uh mesh is kind of weird but the one thing i will say about this is at the kickoff they did well they did place pretty well at the kickoff uh, they didn't play well. nobody good though okay okay but regardless they did place well they did play better than they were playing now That's i'm not saying that they're going to continue to do that or anything like that but clay and crim and and stuff like that they did play better and, and clay has been struggling admittedly but Clay is also still like they only played one other match with, without Neptune, right? With uh, you know, having royalty on there, and royalty mm -hmm. didn't even have a good series statistically. And granted, he didn't have a good series statistically. If you watch those hard points, some of them were you know decently close. Like you know, Bokage was a you know a couple point game. Um, granted, it is Bokage, but um, I think they could have they could have pushed that series um further. But you know, uh, not to make excuses for Matt, but I know he was on a Denver server and he's in canada right now so obviously he's playing at a severe disadvantage and if you know anything about these daddy servers but when you're on a bad ping on the dedicated servers i feel like it's a lot worse than just custom games i'm not even kidding i don't know we why know what is. server that they were playing on yeah, or no they played on denver denver yeah. well, i was on they yeah, did my man's royalty dirty yeah he got set up but like i said the maps were close to an extent so i'm not gonna sit there and say that they won't do better i hope he gets to you know play on land with those guys if they kind of like go back to neptune after all this you know this week then that's going to kind of suck for matt because he's kind of just going to get his like um stock towards the ground so i'm not gonna although they have their issues now i'm not gonna you know rule them out completely i want to see how they do um at the tournament and then after that tournament then i'll be more you know inclined to be like okay this is an issue but you know right now um with your second sub playing, you know, terribly, it's going to definitely hinder at least one of your air players, and that could be Clay. So I'm just going to kind of like wait until the major, till I make a assumption. Well, I don't think you're going to be able to get a good assumption from the major. They're pretty much guaranteed to start in loser bracket. Like, there's no chance that they make winners, so they're going to start losers round one and be one match away from being out. So, I mean, and, and I think that's a likely situation. Barring, you know, them getting lucky and playing Paris round one, I think I think they will lose that, that loser round one match. But, Ian, to your point about Krim and Clay being on the same team, I mean, I, I think you're partially right in 4v4. I mean, it's I remember Black there, was, too, there, no was, there was one guy who played with them on the same team, and I think I think he, he was able to figure out the, the recipe. But... Um, hey, we should go to the next topic. That was good. Good point. No, 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 but listen, but listen. I just, I just think, look, th this, this change for me is just a one for one lateral move. It changes nothing within this team's dynamic. I think you were right. Like they might have not been wanting Neptune to play the way he's comfortable with. But look, at the, at the end of the day, they put this team together. They 
They knew exactly how Neptune was as a player. They had a full year to gauge how he is as a player. Um, and they knew what they were doing. They, they knew Krim and Clay were in this lineup. They knew they were going to come in as these alpha dogs trying to control the way, you know, shit happens. And I don't think, I also don't think they have the coaching staff to kind of, to step over that, right? I think Krim and Clay are going to be the number one voice here. I think, you know, when they were teaming together in, in, uh, Modern Warfare, they had Ray, who was a really good kind of neutral aspect that could kind of, you know, tell Krim and Clay to like relax. And I don't think New York really has that right now, but yeah, I just I don't I don't see this move changing anything. I think royalty did get set up. And I think he's going to continue to just not you know be able to play at his best. Um, and yeah, it sucks for it sucks for everybody involved because I just think this is a NYSL like top level failure. This this roster to me just is not going to work. Okay, do you I, think? I, go ahead. Oh, so no, I want. I, do you think New York management? They obviously had Clay from last year, but they were just like, oh my god, we can get Krim and Clay on the same team for like branding and and uh social reasons like this is huge but they didn't actually even think of the makeup of the team i definitely think that went into it um and, and we kind of knew you know with all the off-season rumors this wasn't their number one pick right this wasn't like crim's preferred destination he was trying to put a team together for a couple of different organizations that fell through so i think this was kind of like a a last minute choice and they were just kind of forcing the situation granted i think paco's disgusting i think he if this team is gonna be looking around, like lebron <laughs> yeah it'll be on it'll be on his back just because he's nasty but but yeah i just don't think this specific roster move solves solves anything i want to i want to agree with you man but I, I still think you give him a little bit give him a little bit more time like i think i, I still think that <sighs> Chris, you know we had we hit you just be no royalty's nasty. Bro, I, I think royalty's really good. I I think he royal too. Royalty. Royalty. Watching Halo. Yeah, I do got the Halo show. Um, but he's been nasty for a while, and I think he should have had an opportunity way before this NYSL team. But we all know, like you, you know when you can do a, a one for one swap that will actually um, improve the team or if it's a bigger issue. You know, like we've all been a part of teams probably uh, in our Call of Duty careers where you know that it isn't one person. So even if you swap that guy out, it's more so of a scapegoat. Yeah. And then you also know when you're, you know, like, oh, this player's play style just isn't, it isn't what we need. And you could do that one for one swap from my personal experience, it was when we swapped Pharaoh out for Priesta in Black Ops 4, right? I'll go back to that, where we knew, and it had nothing to do with gameplay, just attitudes, right? Slasher and, and fucking Pharaoh used to get into it all the time. Bringing in Priesta, it changed our whole team dynamic. Like, I just feel like it's obvious that that's not the case here. I mean, like, it's you, just their team is struggling. Think about what you said. You you literally said ne there was a clip of Neptune saying they wanted him to be like a hill bitch and play like this very re reserved role. Yeah, like standard you basic royalty? ass player. You think that's royalty playing on like 8-8, eight, eight, like flying See, around, snapping on people? Krim, that's not how Krim, he plays either. I talked to Krim and Krim told me that they just need someone to kind of like be more aggressive, like with Paco and stuff like that. And is that's Neptune why not is Neptune not aggressive? Neptune's like one of the fastest the most players. Aggressive players. I, I, I mean, yeah. I was watching. Okay. I, I don't want to talk. I don't want to put anyone's business out there. But from my perspective and what I was told and what I saw, it kind of just looked like the way Neptune was playing. He didn't really have a grasp of the game. 
That's I'm not fair. saying that like it literally looked like he didn't know what to do like That's in fair. a lot of situations and you got to think that translates to more than just you know a couple clips here and there like so you overall, make a roster and, move after a week because a player hasn't learned the game yet i mean we've been screaming for a while there, we, people have been screaming for a while i'm not i'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and just oh, remember they roster. didn't scrim they didn't scrim paco went home they they literally missed like okay, a okay, month okay, of okay. practice they're like, yeah, they're like at least practice regardless team. we don't know their what what their their complete decision was behind it we haven't it's like we can watch our scrims every single day on a day-by-day day basis but regardless of the fact it, it is what it is it happened but I think, that's what it looked like to me and i think getting rid of them was justified but it was also kind of like oh it's just like one of those things where it could, it could be too soon i'm not saying a one-for-one person swap is a, is it's going to guarantee to fix their problems but i wouldn't be quick to rule them out completely of being better like the, I know, like they they might they might get better, they might stay the same, they might get worse. Who knows? But just give them a little bit. That one match, like I'm gonna say, I'm not gonna, I'm not one to make incredible excuses. But the ping diff and the way the match was like close, in my opinion, like some of the maps, like it, if they were on a better, you know, if they were in a better situation, or maybe even Clay just played better because um, he also kind of struggled. Um, they could have probably won that. I was really I'm sorry to cut you off. No, really no, just, go for it, Doug. Go for it. Like Matt got like Matt's my boy. He got fried on Bokic, but other than that, I thought Matt bounced back. And I thought he gave his team a good chance of winning. And I also, the question I want to ask to both all three of you guys before we go on to something else is, one, Neptune moves to the sub role now, right? Like he's going to be their substitute. They're not just going to release him. Is yeah. that is that a, that's a hundred percent? Yeah, and they hadn't they hadn't yeah. signed a sub yet, right? So that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah Royal, so, royalty was actually going to be their sub, by the way. Yes, yeah, so oh, okay. pretty sure. So, do you think that if Nep goes into challengers, gets better, and learns that he could be back up on that main team, kind of like what happened with Major Maniac last year with Minnesota Rocker? Yeah, I, I do, but that's that, that's what's ass backwards about this because Chris said it, which is fair that you know he looks like he just isn't understanding the game right now to where he needs to be. Because when I was watching Cold War, I, I thought it took him like half the the year or half the season to like really get comfortable. Yeah. Uh, before that, he was just wildly inconsistent. But if that's the case, and, and that's a very a fair point, why, unless Neptune is lying to everyone, why would Krim and Clay basically force him be like, "Yo, you're not understanding like what what lane to push or what cut to hold, so just be hill bitch." So you're basically just stalling any improvement that he would have, which would then help improve the team. So I don't. And, I just don't get you it. You know how team team changes work, right? Like, let's say <laughs> Neptune does improve. Like, there's already a level of, like kind of respect lost. Do you think you can just throw him back in there and drop royalty? Like, I, I think to to me, their their ceiling royalty Neptune doesn't matter is the same. And at the end of the day, they're just playing at the bottom of their ceiling either way. So yeah, I don't know. I think this whole team just needs to improve. I don't think this was a Neptune specific problem. I think they were just they all look kind of off. They're like I said, they're getting outslayed by like 80 kills in a series, bro. I don't care who your fourth is. You could have. You could have fucking LeBron on your team. If you're getting outslayed by 80 kills, like you're gonna lose. Period. Yeah, I think I think the mainly the the Clay just needs to start playing better. Like if we were to like isolate one person, Grim too. Yeah, everybody not named Paco. Everybody needs to start playing better. <laughs> but I think I think I think Clay's has been exceptionally exceptionally worse um, from everybody else, in my opinion. No offense, I love the game, but, but. look, we're talking about <laughs> roster change. Obviously, we're talking about NYSL with this one, but. Let's talk about some other teams. I think there's some roster changes that need to be on the horizon or at least some role swaps for some other teams because, I mean, there's a, quite a few teams who aren't playing kind of what they're 
you know, where we would expect them to be. And I think the, the no, most noticeable is obviously Paris. I think they, they've kind of been known as the team that just makes a roster and sticks out the whole year. No changes. They don't have a substitute. It's their coach theory. Who's their sub. So are they just no going to be shot. ass all year? Like, yeah, what's, what's hey, you want to know? Wait, you want to know what they need to do to actually improve? Drop Paris management does. Him? No, they need to sell their fucking spot, bro, and give it to another team. They have I theory agree. as the sub. Then, boy, yeah. like that's he's their coach and sub hybrid. They're bro. just they're just cheap as hell, dude. It's simple as that. You're never going to field a good team. I think they're like, all the, pl- like the players well. aren't bad on Paris, but it's if you drop someone who like. Bro, I don't even think challenger players will want to go to this team. Oh, they like, will. I, I, I truly will. don't. Because they definitely will. You think they will? I, I'm well, talking well, about like gotta, the, the cream think. of the crop. Because, bro, that could really like people don't realize, and this happens in in real sports all the time too. Is like if you if you have an opportunity and it's a shitty opportunity, it could fuck your stock up forever. You know. So say, um, I know one of the names that. People thought NYSL was going to get or was going to pick up was that oh Johnny guy, right? Say Paris offered him a spot. It's like the team is just not going to be good. Now he could join if he's super confident. He could join, and if he propelled them to like a top six team, people would be looking at him like, oh my god, this kid is not you know. happening though. Yeah, it's not. But if they're if they're shit, which they most likely would be, and he doesn't really perform that well because just the team's not good. That's it. Like you get that year, and, and you might have another opportunity. You might not have another opportunity after that. So I just I think at, it's look at Reese Vivid though. He joined LAG. Pat, your old team, where they benched you as well. Reese, they <laughs> also pre-popped a move. I mean, that's another lateral thing. If you, look at the end of the day, just roster moves in general. In a CDL, if you're going to make a roster change, and you're let's say you're in last, and you make a roster change in a big one, and you stay last, it was a failure to me. Like there was just no point. You just wasted money. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, like you were saying, like who needs a roster change? Paris definitely needs a roster change, but I'm not even talking about just the players. Like the whole org, no they need an org change. No, like, <laughs> they need an org it's, change. It's just one of those things where it's like they have no foundation. If you're going to be this cheap, if you're not going to go after you know superstar players and stuff like that, you're putting yourself in a position where you're going to feel the roster of just you know anybody that just wants to play the leftovers and, right? and the yeah the leftovers and then your only other option besides that is you literally pick up like a challenger team which they could have i'm not saying that they would have succeeded but like there has been you know teams like in the last two years that like stuck out like most of challengers and, and showed success with like a core like for example um the new york subliner academy last year with like pro loot saints those guys the year before that you had like the old triumph team with like Jordan General, Standy, uh, Royalty, you know, and like some of those good players are like good players. Like you Standy in Cold War, like obviously was a huge factor as to Minnesota Rocker success. But like, for example, those are your only two options and they're not even taking any of those. They're just throwing together people and praying. And it just makes zero freaking sense to me. And they that's need, the route they, they should have took what you just said. To, yeah, take a pick up a challenger team at that point, like a well put together challenger team. And I will say they did have options because I was part of that and they didn't do it and they're still going to continue to fail. And it sucks because they're just taking up space and it's there's so many other people. I'm not saying that the people in the team currently don't deserve opportunities, but there's so many better options that like are more put together that would have made more sense. And they're not doing it. The org just needs to go. And I, I feel bad for anybody that's working. I'm sure they're good people and stuff like that. But the way they're handling things in the CDO is literally just terrible. Happens all the time, bro. They're just making the league a lot less competitive. Yeah, yep. literally. 
So I don't even know what they could do. Unless, unless Doug. <laughs> active player, I have no comment. I'm an active player. so Like last player. year? Last they year to pick up Doug in a challenger <laughs> squad. I, I'll say it again. Uh, honestly, Doug, they should just pick you up. Like You look good in that like orange you know, color. Here's my belief, because you said ruining your stock, Ian, could happen. I understand that, but I don't know. Like, I think someone like Ojani could join a team like Paris and still be a superstar and still shine and get a better option. Like, look at Reese Vivid. Like, Reese Vivid was playing in Challengers, grinding. He's a huge inspiration to me, the way he, he worked. So, like, I'm trying to replicate it now. Grinding, man. The guy's a grinder. He doesn't get off the game. He's like, I'll sign the LAG minimum, because LAG called me up at 1 a.m. They offered me, like, an academy team. And then they're like, oh, like we just signed Reese and Reese just said, screw it. I'll take a 50 minimum. I want a chance. Like I just want an opportunity. He goes to LAG. They weren't good, but he was still doing his thing. And then he got another offer, right? And then he gets on Florida. He does his thing. And then he gets on Dallas Empire, gets third of champs. I mean, that's another way you could go about it, Ian. Just it is possible. Joined, it is. You're right. Joined, you're right. Because and that the, was an amazing option, opportunity, though. I don't think that'll happen that often. Like a Dallas Empire calling you up. Like, yo. Yeah, it's very rare, man. You'll never know. And I think it's better to take a league spot than stay in challengers and hope for a better opportunity because you never know if you're going to get another opportunity. I've seen players, I'm playing with players in challengers who are easily pros, easily players that can win in the pro level. And they're not in the pro league. They're not starting in the league. Some of them have won challenger championships. They're not even getting contracts to sub spots. Like what's the point of playing in challengers and winning if you're not even getting an opportunity? I think if you get any opportunity in a league, you take it. Unless if like... You have two other league teams saying, hey, we want you. We just need to wait a few weeks or something. Then, like, yeah, you could wait, I guess. The reason but. I agree with you, Doug, is because of the disparity, right? Like, even if you get a $50,000 minimum contract, that's health insurance. That's $50,000 guaranteed. And when you compare that to the challenger landscape, I think, yeah, I think challenger players currently, due to the way that the system is, you just have to take it. Like, there's just take no, anything you, you can can't get. turn it down. Yeah, challengers is just such in a bad, in, in such a bad spot that I just... I couldn't. I couldn't blame anybody for taking anything guaranteed right now. Yeah, but anyways, uh, it got to it, this, this, it. It gets to a point where Paris is going to be on the same you know treatment, at least for me, that I was giving them in Cold War. Like we whenever like whenever we would do other talk shows and stuff like that, and we would talk about Paris and stuff like that. I would be like, bro, why are we even talking about Paris? Like this shouldn't even be a segment on the show. <laughs> it's going to get to that point again, and it's not to be disrespectful. It's just like. What more do you say? We tell like we give like we're sitting here giving our, our professional advice. People on Twitter, people every, everywhere, even their players are trying to, you know, make changes and stuff like that. Do these things and they're not doing it. The, the roster change this roster change that like the org needs to just go. And it sucks for the players that are involved in it. It sucks for the people that are on the outside looking in because realistically, they're they're holding back some of these players that could potentially get opportunities if, if um, there was, you know, better people making decisions. But anyways, enough with the Paris talk. Let's move on to a team that actually matters. <laughs> Let's. Uh, well, what about go to the Minnesota? Let's yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, they they're mm. they're such a good two three five team, but their hard points are just terrible. Almost like I know they had that row. one big win on Optic in that game for Berlin, but to me, I think they just have to have to start looking at a role swap. I think the attached sub duo. Isn't really working out. I think him and Priesta should consider swapping roles. Attach is a natural flex anyway. Um, and this isn't to say, you know, either of these guys can't do the roles they're in currently. But I think as a team in Hardpoint and the way this game plays, the pace, I think Preston would be a much better fit as a sub running alongside Standy. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I agree Absolutely. with you. 
Absolutely, 100%. I mean, I, I talk to Eli every single day, and I, I didn't talk to him about this yet, but I might have to because I look at Preston like he Wait, Doug, hold up. Who's like, Eli? Who are you talking about? Sandy. Sandy. Oh, Preston's, shit. Preston right, is like... Going. It's like, I don't understand. Like, Attach is a very passive-aggressive player. He's very clutch, very icy. He's a huge contributor to that 2-3-5, right? And he would be a lot better if he used an automaton on a map like Berlin and Gav. And I don't know if he uses it on Gav, but Preston obviously is a Swiss army knife. He could run OBJ. He could run an AR. He could run a sub. But he loves to break ankles, break cameras, run around, get in gunfights, sometimes be a little bit over-aggressive. So I think that entire play style makes too much sense to use this sub, especially when you have someone like Standy as the best player on the team who is the most fundamentally sound, consistent, always goes to the right spots, takes the right routes. He's a little bit more passive than a player like Priester would be. I feel like having a more passive and a more aggressive sub as a tangent makes a lot more sense. I feel like it's a no-brainer, and then their S&D control isn't going to change. Yeah, don't, don't change those don't modes, do right? Ignore 2-3-5, just strictly change for 1-4. and four. The only... The yeah, only well, they should definitely do it for 3-2. It's the same nah, thing they're, as... They're, it's they're a, it, control, though. And, and a lot of the controls like Gavitsu right now, you're running three autos anyway. So Okay, that's fair. But it's the same issue as last year. The one, um, yeah. the one thing I will together. say... The one thing I will say, Ian, is you look at player ceilings. Attach is great. And he had his moments you know, throughout his career where he was you know, a great player and stuff like that. But when you look at ceilings, like Priest's ceiling, when he was running like a sub, like... Oh, it's... Was absurd. One of the highest in the game. Yeah, that was he his was, breakout and, in IW with the ERAD. Yeah, but even even gross. like BO4 with the SOG, the ground, like he was disgusting. Bro, the issue right? the issue is oh sorry, keep going. I thought you were done your thought. Oh no, I'm I'm done. I'm not done. But um what I was saying was he was just disgusting. And then you go to like Cold War, for example, where he was running a Krig, and he was he was not very good up until like like towards the end is when he started to actually play better because if you look at the statistics from last year it was just so average for priest that like so used to seeing that guy go nuts and then he had like a couple you know string of uh tournaments or like matches where he was just doing really well and that's when they started winning hard points because obviously eli or standy sorry was also doing well and attached was playing with like they just kind of like clicked but like mm -hmm. ever since then it's kind of just the same issue it's just like both of them are playing you know meh and like i feel like Priest the ceiling is just higher with the sub and it becomes one of those issues like if they don't if they if they want to actually be better at hard point I think that's what they need to do or they just need to like replace one of the two for whatever you know their um to improve their ceiling I'm not saying like I, I still think they're a good team and I still think they're 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 gonna place well but if they want to win or like be a contender on a consistent level something has to change with those two or they have to get rid of one of them because I think Major Maniac has been playing well. You're not getting rid of Standy, especially after last year. Like, so it has to come down to one of them where they're both kind of like playing kind of average for I, you know what you want them to do, at least in the respawns, the hard points. I don't know why they just... Because it's the same issue that happened last year. And I love Dylan. I had a lot of success with him. And I think one of the main reasons... And I could be wrong, but it was from my opinion that he like doesn't want to move to that, you know, quote unquote, slower, like old head roll, like running more of that AR. Him, but yeah, <laughs> it, it is because of the stigma around it. But also, you know, when he first came into the league, he was one of the best submachine gun players in the game. You look at advanced uh, warfare, right? Like gone years back, but he was super cracked out aggressive, even though I guess it was hard not to be aggressive in that it's game. A different style aggressive though. Yeah. Than the sliding, yeah that, like in that's true. Stuff. Jetpacks but are different too. I, I have, 
I have the stats pulled up on their team just because I was curious. And I, I mean, it's what I thought. But so far, Hardpoint's their worst mode, clearly. Uh, we all know that. But he has their lowest engagements uh, per 10 minutes. He has the least kills, least engagements, least deaths, and least hill time. So Sounds it's a like, lot like Neptune, too. They, they, yeah, they, were, so, they had like equal stats on their teams. Uh, it's like if you are going to be playing slower where well, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, you don't have to be overly aggressive. But I just don't know why you wouldn't feel more comfortable in going into that AR role if you were Dylan. Because it's been brought up so many times in the past, in like multiple past COD titles where his team was like, yo, let's try this. Especially when you have someone like Priesta. Like, Priesta with a sub on some of these maps, I think would be game-changing for Minnesota Rocker. But like, I also don't know if they should make a team change, necessarily. Because I think if they put it together and they swap the roles and get comfortable, they could be a really good team because their SND is so dominant. They're just in one of those situations, bro. Like those are like the toughest situations where it's like you're struggling on one of the important two modes, but you're so good at the other one. And like you just don't know what to do because like on a good day where you're going to be winning your best game modes and you're going to upset a team, you can win a tournament, which happened for them. But on yeah. like an average day or a bad day, you can look like an average to one of the worst teams in the league, like at least in a match. And that's the thing is like they're their floor is kind of high, but their ceiling isn't very high either. It's like they're just in this weird like like that's like, the best way to that's the best way to that's the best way floor I'd say yeah they have a very high floor like I feel like whenever they're playing like kind of like you know they're 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 gonna win their searches and they can they can be that top six consistently. I don't think they're gonna ever go below top six because of how good they're at search and destroy. But when it looks like when you look at their ceiling, it's just like I will say too though. One thing that we do have to point out so far is their three matches have been against three really good teams. Yeah. They, they beat Optic 3-2. Um, then they lost to Seattle 3-2. It was a super close series. And then they obviously lost. Yeah. And then they lost to London. But, like, I know Optic on the standings isn't up there yet because they had a poor showing week one. But Seattle and London are both what top four seats top yeah. three in the standings yeah, right now getting aside from that one berlin they didn't look good in hard point at yeah. all in those series i oh, guess yeah, my I point mean, is, yeah, they have to fix the hard point but i'm saying they're able to like make these series competitive with how bad their hard point is oh, yeah i don't think that they should make a team change i, I don't oh, no. I, I don't think they should either just but it's just like club. bro they should they could be so good i was saying it in cold war i'm like they're this close to just being like one of the best teams if not like they could be the best team because how good they are in search like that that's a to and 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 to give them some credit here that is hard to do in search and destroy and and they're they're continuing from a title to a different title being this good at search so that's kind of nuts but at the same time it's just like they could be so close to being like the one of the best teams if not the best team and it's just i feel like that's it that dynamic is what's holding them back in hard point and it's it sucks it's it's a really tough position to be in, and I, I kind of feel bad about it, but, you know, it is what it is. I say, yeah. I, I you know what I want to talk about? I want to go the opposite direction with the teams that have been performing well since we're now two weeks into the CDL. And the ones that stand out the most for me, because we all know FaZe is going to be good, blah, blah, blah. But you have Seattle, London, and Boston Breach all in the top five. They're all... Two and one. Not breach now. I think it's just Toronto, right? 
No, I'm pretty sure Breach is still there. Well, regardless, Breach is two and one. London is three and one. Seattle's three and zero. Oh. And those teams, they probably got the the most uh, overhaul, I would say, from last year to this year. Obviously, Breach wasn't even in the league, but with a lot of new faces with challengers players, it's this is interesting to me because. And Doug and you and Chris know a lot more when it comes to this. I don't really know any of these guys. So I don't know if they just, it kind of came out of thin air or these guys have been dominating in the challenger scene. The only one I really know is Capital. That's because he was like teaming with a cheater or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Doug. All right. So who, who do you want to know about? Oh, well, I just, just Capsule, like, you want to know about I, just, I, well, no, Sib's different. Arrow. Sib's a different breed. That's my boy. But, I, it's not a, a player specifically. It's more so like I want to know how the the challenger ecosystem has been like have these players been at the top in the past like game two games into the in the challenger team or, or did they just come out of nowhere and get an yeah, opportunity? I, I see aches nodding is like like basically disagreeing. But yeah, for the most part, all of them have besides like cap. Nah, besides I mean, cap? I think besides aside cap. from Pred, I think everyone but Pred hasn't been winning like that. Like you're talking about like dominating, right? They're coming in the pro league and they're dominating. They weren't doing that in challenges. I'm not yet. talking they about were individually good. I'm talking about winning because winning's all I care about in challenges. I don't really care if someone is frying. You're challenger different. Games. You're different. You're different. I, I, wait, wait, I will maybe wait, winning though, or just being like there, like, like being at the finish. Like if they were say getting top if three top, in these challengers events, but like challengers, like he's like frying. That, like this guy's frying. Nice? And, like I don't, I don't consider that wait. as like a win. Pat, you're different. I actually, I've, you're one of the few, few people that I think has actually, I've ever actually heard say that or like think like that. I feel like most people don't care if you're winning in challengers because uh, winning in challengers don't. But like for what I kind of view as, yeah. as someone that's talented, because like even Eli, right? Aside from Modern Warfare, he had a really, uh, Sandy, sorry, he had a really slow start in Cold War with that yeah. team. They weren't winning at all. It's a yeah. Team thing, though. But that's the like, thing though. It's like challengers is so volatile with like how many roster changes the schedule like tournament every weekend type you know thing like that like winning is really kind of almost like rng i think like consistency and just your individual performance is like way more important and if you look at all the players that have been performing besides capside or capsidal because you know he hasn't really had that much like challenger experience all of those guys were disgusting like in challengers like they might not have won everything but like they were frying like nasty afro sib gizmo all of those guys like they might not have been winning consistently or even placing bad but like you saw them in like some of their elite matches and stuff, stuff like that and they were looking really good especially sib sib is well, different let's use the, the EU different. guys because i'm pretty sure like hawkey and vortex like that's the those are the two guys in the european challenger scenes that are like winning everything not hockey it's just vortex or is it just vortex yeah it was, vortex. It was, it was that's an old head isn't it yeah, it was Vortex. Uh, like I think Gizmo was on his team. Harry, who's a sub for Ravens, like Harry, that, yeah. like whole group, like all those guys were like nasty. Was on there, I think too. Like have been well, like. Well, winning, this is like, just kind of the point I wanted to bring up. Like even well. even the teams that are winning, and this goes back to our conversation about the challenger ecosystem in general. Like you're, it's the same thing with Standy. Like even if you win, your only person who's going to get really picked up is the superstar on that team. Like the people that are on that team that are just doing well, that don't have this reputation as the hot new young guns. I feel like you're just at a disadvantage 
automatically. Like they're getting completely overlooked regardless yeah. of their skill level. And I think that's one of the biggest problems in challengers. Like, and that's one of the biggest things that like all these players in challengers are going up against is like, well, you might as well kind of be the kill whore and stat whore and like be the superstar and stop trying to play for the win. Because if winning doesn't matter, then what the fuck are you in there for? Yeah, like, you want you want it's crazy. I highlight I, plays. That's all. I agree it's there with you, for. man. I actually don't think people people put enough like um, stock into into people, which I like to call. And this is kind of funny because uh, we have enable on the show, but like the enablers on the team, like the people that are gonna hey, like, I like that. Play, like gonna play <laughs> smarter, enabler. gonna be self, gonna be selfless and stuff like that. The leaders and stuff like that. I'm not saying bias because I was one of those players, but like there's a reason why these players can succeed. And and granted, the pro league is a completely different environment. It's very competitive. Um, challengers is just as competitive to an extent man we had, they had tournaments every single weekend like you have you get more tournament gameplay time than than some of the pro teams do and at the same time the reason uh, I, I think the reason why the mindset of that of the pro teams is like that is because all these veterans think they're that type of player all the veterans think that like oh yeah i'm like this like leadership i can enable these young guns to kind of like perform really well and stuff like that but that's just not true like some of these veterans still can't call out and play the game at the same time to this day so like <laughs> that's why those players are more inclined to get picked up with superstars because everyone's kind of thinks that like oh i can fill that niche role where it's like i can enable these younger players to do well when in fact like there's just so much talent in challengers that can come up to the league and i think perform well given some time well barring well, any think, league expansion i think that's always going to be the case yeah if you look always. at someone like if you look at somebody like capsule man like i i remember him in cold war because uh he played with yuli mohawk and kaiser in the first elite qualifier and they almost qualified and that's when capsule's name started to come into like a conversation for others i remember pat we were playing together with lacefield and i think you were about to stop playing and lacefield's like oh i want to play with cap he looks like he's pretty good i, mean, I wasn't and, even know, scrimming bro i was just showing up for weekend tournaments yeah. <laughs> what was in the stock market but it was it's <laughs> it's the the challenger ecosystem man like it a lot of the teams in the top 16 I feel like unless if you're one of those top eight teams, you probably mm -hmm. have a good chance of winning if you're a top eight team, in my opinion. I think a lot of the like one through eight seeds could win. But then like once you get to like the nine to 20 seeds, there are players on those teams that can be put together and could win and be the top eight seeds. But those nine to 20 seeds try so hard to make sure this is their mindset. And if I'm wrong, you could roast me about it if you're a challenges player, but I'm a challenges player and I can think like these kids think. Talk that, Doug. Say it. Hey, so I swear it. These guys, and Chris, tell me if I'm wrong here. I think they think, well, we need to make sure we get top 16 to get 400 pro points because maybe we'll get picked up by a better team. And then maybe because we have the pro points, they'll want to play with us. Like, I swear that top 16 pro point stigma thing is is like a huge thing in challengers. Like, because if oh, you yeah, fall points into, are huge. If you fall into the cycle of like, dude, I was in the cycle ever since Zinx dropped me. I was playing with the 23 seed, right? I'm playing against Tom Gravity's team of challengers who could beat pro teams easily. Like they could easily be a top six pro team in my opinion. I'm playing against him and his team who have a full staff. They have VOD recorders. They have a coach. They yeah, got better scrims. And I'm playing them in a best of five, one and done match online with a team that isn't as good. And yeah, no point, matter, points like, are huge, 100%. I and agree then you're with you. going to get 200 pro points. So the mindset that these players have is, let me make sure I stick with my buddies. Let me make sure I maintain my 13 seed because I maintain my 13 seed. I'm playing seed 20 and I'm playing these 
crap players and it's going to be easy. Then maybe I'll have a chance to upset a top eight team. Like that's the way that the system sets up players to enable them to think this way. The system, the system basically makes it so like you get to a point where you're playing the same people every weekend and you're never going to beat them. So you're going to place the same every single time. They definitely need to change it. And it also, it just puts such a whack. It's terrible. It's horrible. As to to finish that point off, I'm looking at the stats right now on breaking point. Capsule, if you just looked at challengers, no one in the world would think Capsule could compete with anybody. People would think he would be trash. Like 100%. I was, I was in the same boat. I personally, like a lie. Like I, I personally felt Capsule was a great S and D player because I'd see some of his clips. I'm like, this guy gets S and D. I mm-hmm. felt like he was a pretty bot in respawn, being completely point blank. I thought he was like, <laughs> like I'm serious. Like I thought he was like some bot. Like he would place T32, and this is the system. This isn't Cap. This isn't like this is the system. He's placing T32. He's playing with these pickup teams. He's just stuck. He's, getting, he's stuck he's essentially. He's stuck. he's stuck in the system. The cycle. And look, I'm looking at it right now. Been there. Capsule right now. He has a 1.07 in the pro league. That is incredible. Capsule is a top player in the pro league. And I watch him play. He continues to impress me against the best competition. So yeah. that's why he's a great example to show. And I'm not trying to say, like me saying point seven challenges. I hope people don't get offended by that. I'm just trying to be brutally honest to say the challenger system needs to have some format change because there's players like Capsule that are in his position, that were in his position, that are in his position now, that will be in his position in the future. Who can't get recognized because of the way the system is set up? Doug is spit. Doug is spitting. I agree. Facts. Yeah, Doug, you kind of spitting bars right Doug, there. You kind of spitting bars. Yeah. Doug wasn't. Here. Yo, Doug wasn't messing around. He said, "Yo, I'm gonna talk more next episode." Okay, one, Doug. One last thing. One last thing that bothers me a lot too, because I just got on an incredible team, which I can't wait to play with them. But before this team, before my team that I almost qualified for the elite with, I was playing with Silly, Scrappy, and Johnny, and we did not drop a map for three days straight. We were gross. We played a lot of the best teams in Challengers. They were rage quitting. They couldn't beat us in a map. They couldn't hang. Our team was gross. But Scrappy and Johnny left the team. You won't lie, they left the team. They're like, points. oh, Timmy, Timmy, and Dill, Timmy and Dill hit us up to play. And um, if we play as this team, we're playing Jordan General's team for T16. We can't risk losing a best of five to Jordan General and getting T32 and falling behind in points. And if we don't take Timmy oh, and Dill then you're probably gonna take yeah, that's all you had to say. That's trash, Doug. Yeah, that like, is, uh, that's, that's just a bad like, format. Yeah, it's, it's like, just a bad format. And I'm you basically to brainwash play. players to not improve. And, and it's because yeah. there's yeah, a tur- there's a there's a tournament every weekend. So like your your time to improve in terms of like your results are just so small yeah, that you don't like have no time. Well, you, shit, after you the get last discouraged. Time, you're thinking about the next one already. You're already exactly. like, yo, what what seat am I for the next one? You lose, you lose to this team, and then you get discouraged because you know you're gonna play them again. Well, look, look, look. And you uh, have no time. I gotta, I'm taking a deep breath. I'm sorry. No, so you're good. So, yeah, Challengers <laughs> obviously is a shitty system. But I do want to kind of bring this up because I saw this tweet on my timeline this weekend. Uh, Breaking Point kind of tweeted out their, like, top eight rookies or Challenger players from Cold War. And I think they said, like, seven out of eight of them are currently in the Pro League. They all got picked up. Like, this was across, like, all regions, um, kind of their names. So, um, that was a good, obviously, a good shot by them. But, you know, who, who do you guys think currently in the current challenger systems would be those next like let's say top three guys i guess we could use all regions though i don't know much about the anz region this year but from eu and north america who would be your like top three guys to look out for that's okay i don't know if this is just me more so me wanting him to get an opportunity but from my limited 
viewing uh, experience with Challenger scene, I think Tom Gravity deserves a shot. I truly do. He's not flashy. He's not like a highlight player. Like, you know, we were talking about the Capsules, the Sibs, um, whoever else. But like, to your point earlier, Pat, his team, I'm pretty sure, right, Chris and Doug, have been very successful the last two years in Challengers. They're like a a top three challenger team right now, right? Or top two, you would probably say, or am I right, tripping for right that? Right now, I don't know, but I but I will say- the beginning of the game, of, they were. Regardless of the point, they have had very successful stints. And he is consistent. And he's consistent. Like, like you know as what the a leader, is good well, AR player. He doesn't ever get a look. What, you know he's what the problem player? is? Yeah, yeah, he's a main a, AR player. And the hey, league there's is a couple of main ARs in the league right now that he could outperform. Yeah, but I mean, it's hard because what what these teams, these teams in the league are looking for is that new superstar SMG Slayer, because that's the games we're that's at fair. now. Like, that's where everyone's like, oh, that's the place we got to improve is we need a super fast playing SMG superstar. That's every look at every team that got picked up. It's either a superstar SMG player or a superstar flex, like same thing. But yeah, main ARs, I think, are just in a really tough boat, given how the how the CDL teams are kind of structured currently. So I think I. Tom Gravity, as soon as the league expands, he's, he's oh, a yeah. He sure bet, yeah, he, yeah, there's no shot. You want to what's tough? So I'm like, I'm like, I actually went to go do my own research here. I pulled up the the pro points um, from like Vanguard just to, you know, get an idea of who's doing well. And I'm looking at the top seeds, like at least in points wise, and a lot of them are just like your familiar faces. And it goes back to one of those things. I'm not saying like, wait, don't name some, name up. some. Oh, we real quick. I'm not saying don't pick these people up, but it's one of those things that's like, Oh, like there's a lot of people that could be stuck in, at, you know, at points in, in these pro point ladders or just tournaments and stuff like that, where they're just not going to get recognized. But like some of these people, like you have Vickle, who's new. He's from he's from Spain. He's a part of a BBG or not BBG. I don't know what they're called anymore, but Goddard X, uh, Pander, Pentagram, that team. Pentagram already got in the league, but he's not a starter, which I do mm-hmm. think he could be a starter. He's a really good sub. And then you have Jordan General, Kismet breezy and havoc who have all basically been in the league i think breezy Forever, was yeah. in cold in the black ops 4 league right yeah, but like he hasn't champs. yeah he hasn't he actually hasn't been in the cdl which kind of sucks he did get fourth at champs and then he kind of just kind of like disappeared off the face of the earth but he's doing well um cole havoc kismet jordan those guys yeah yees um who else is, uh, is here i'm trying to like actually put these names together same same thing veterans classic is doing well yeah it's like it's weird it's Johnny. like we're gonna go ahead and just like name all these players and their former pros and it's like i'm not surprised that they're doing well but again it's one of those things it's like we've already seen kind of what they what they have to do and or what they have like to bring to the table and i'm not saying those guys don't deserve to be in the league but i feel like a lot of veterans and stuff like that really sh- need to like just pray for expansion because i feel like i was gonna say you have so sad, much stigma though? it's sad it's sad but like you have all the stigma around you um being a veteran that you're just you're not going to get picked up by you know these teams that i've already seen um what you bring to the table especially if they're looking for stars they're going to go after the young talent and the young talent's going to be hard to find because they're going to be they're going to be underneath those guys in terms of like the challenger system and it's just I don't know. It's it, it's crazy though. Oh, it's such a weird system, man. I, and sucked. then Doug, I, I want to actually, I want to hear your top three after I say this, just because I don't. Yeah, I don't really have much experience with it, but it, it's crazy to think that the stigma is so bad. And I'm not taking anything away from any of the young guns uh, that have been performing well this year and even last year. But some of those names you said, right? The Kismet, the Jordan General, um, they would probably be 
having around the same production as some of these young challenger players that are performing well, but because of that stigma, like you said, it's like, oh, they're they're washed, they're out of their prime. Like I've I've heard those names. Tom Gravity's been doing it. Um Spart. Spart. It like people think that they're just it's it's done and dusted. So I hope we can get an expansion moving forward next year because there is a lot of talent, both new and old players, that I would say deserve a shot or an opportunity yeah. to see how they perform on the big stage, but there's just not enough room. The worst, simple, part, of, the worst part about this, Ian, is that like people will see some of these veteran players or just in general any of the challengers players get in the league and perform average, but like not like average to the point where they're playing bad. They're just playing like consistent. Yeah. They're just not flashy. Yeah, and they'll just, look yeah. at it. They'll look at them like in a bad light because unless you're a superstar coming from challengers, like people are just going to be like, oh, dude, this guy's a disappointment, whatever, whatever, whatever. Like people want superstars. People don't want like a consistent player that's going to like do the right thing and just kind of like hey sometimes you need a good role player players. that's what i'm saying you Every do you, you need those people you need those people and that's what i'm saying it goes back to the same thing it's like all these veterans all these people still in the league and stuff like that that are kind of like just holding on to their spot they're like i can do that i can be that you know that pillar and be surrounded by you know the the cracked out 18 year olds and stuff like Can't that have too many chefs in the kitchen. It, it's you know just, not, it's, 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 it sucks, but it's just, it's not true. Somebody's got a waiter. Too many, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. That was the best one. I think, I think Facento is the one who said that. Yeah. There's We're not about the gas Facento up on this. show. <laughs> <laughs> there's so a lot Doug. of players in the challenger scene that I think could bring like a good stability, like consistency type thing. And they're just being overlooked because they're not superstars. There's a lot That's of players need expansion. That could be pros. There's players I'm teaming with right now that could be pros. Give me your top three, Doug. So I'm going to give you guys my top three of players who do not have a sub spot, were not a sub, or did not play in the CDL. So this so is like, like new, like they've okay. never, okay, I like that. Never had affiliation with CDL, period. Like there's players who have been a sub and never played. No, like I'm talking Run never had CDL affiliation, period. There's okay. three people that stand out to me in that aspect. Tom Gravity, number one. By far, I think he like that pick down, hands True. down Tom gravity out of anyone in challengers. He all he did from MW to Cold War to now this game. He is always making his team a winning contending team every time, no matter who he plays with. He played with Capsule, Scrappy and Cold Havoc. They got second at the first tournament. He's playing with his his boys again, Paul and Jimbo and those guys, right? They 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 and got Venom, his whole team got picked up, but him right in Cold War. The whole team in, in Cold mm -hmm. War, he won the first four tournaments, won three zero in all of them. Did not get picked up. His whole team got picked up. That's blasphemy. Tom Gravity That's needs, so <laughs> needs at least a sub spot. Get this man a contract. Like there's a lot of players like Pentagram just got one. That guy's deserved one too. Like there's players like that. Tom Gravity, hundred percent. That's my number one. My number two, Jimbo. Jimbo is one of the most talented players in challengers. One of the best sub players in challengers. Uh, I play against all the best subs in challengers. He's right there at the top of the list. He has a one of a kind play style. He's super aggressive. He wins a lot of fights. I don't see many players in the world playing like that guy does. He needs an opportunity. And number three, Johnny. I mean, his numbers in the elite speak for itself. I'm not going to get into it. Just look at his elite stats and it speaks for itself. That's it. Yeah, That's he's kind three. of like an anomaly for this. He's, uh, he's that nasty. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, game. that's a good top three, game. Doug. Yeah. That I, is, played with him before, I played with him in two weeks. We almost beat Team Canada with the player that retired, right? Like, it was a 3-0, but we lost by 20 in HP, 6-5 in S&D. Like, I think we played another, I don't know. Close games. This guy, Johnny, 1v3, 5-5, five, five, game five. I played eights with him just now. 
Easy work. Guys running around popping twos. Like, good job, Johnny. Like, I think to go. your point about Johnny, I think once once some CDL teams see some LAN experience from him, I think that's when he's really going to get on their radar. I think he's already on the radar. Yeah, or, or he just gets that's a fair. or he just that's gets fair. a out of the blue chance like Cap. To yeah. be honest, well, my fear is Doug. There's been a lot of rumors, and, I, and I'm not going to throw accusations around, but been a lot of rumors about who he's been playing with and the you know validity of how good he is, and so that's why I was kind of saying as they soon say as he he's that, cheating. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> as soon as he gets fine, that opportunity right? to showcase that like he's as good as you know he's been he's been performing, I think I think CDL teams will start to take him yeah, seriously. Yeah, I think he'll probably jump. Oh wait, actually, list. isn't there isn't there a land with like uh, yeah, there's a Proverse uh, M land. Oh, okay, well, I'm, wait, I'm, not, I'm looking forward to that. That'll isn't be it? interesting because I'm pretty sure it was announced it. like a Pro vs Challengers. Yeah. yeah, 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 like midway through the season. Now I remember. Yeah. That's interesting. Team. Okay, he, I didn't even know he, that. He keeps doing well. I'm excited for that. At least just I think it's, I think it's the, elite, the top four elite teams. But uh, wait, real quick, going back to just like what you were saying about like Tom and like uh, Tom is a good is a good shout. I definitely think he deserves an opportunity. But dude, it goes back to the mindset of these league teams and like he's at this point he's just praying for expansion because all these league teams, the last person they're going to look at is their main AR. It always is unless they're just getting absolutely like point sixth, like point eight, like. Like Which is so hard team. to do if you're a main yeah. AR. Like you're actually getting shit on. You are actually a AF, a like you are actually you're not AFK. playing the game. You're yeah. actually yeah. AFK. You're, you're AFK, or your entire team is getting smoked if you're playing that bad too. So like you're just the last person that's going to be looked at every single time. So he's just literally like begging and praying for a spot at that point, or just like it's it's just not going to happen. Like and it sucks because I do think he deserves an opportunity. And the older and older he gets, and the more years and years he plays, I'm not saying he's he's an old head, but like he's not going to be in in his prime at some point. That's, and that's not about being in your prime. Gets, it's about money, like priorities. I feel, Chris. Like you could still play Ian, could still play Pack, could still play. I don't I don't believe that. But go on. I'm sorry to cut you. Okay. Off. Well, I'm just in general. I'm just saying like he might yeah, end up losing. Like, bro, all these years, all like for me, all these years in challenges that I spent, like slowly but surely, it just started to kill my vibe, like demoralize me. Definitely, your definitely passion, made my, like my passion. It killed it. So like, I can understand. That. I I feel bad for him, man. Like shout out to him for still going and having the hope. I don't blame him. He's disgusting, but damn, somebody somebody needs to give him something, dude. Like anything, even a sub spot. I'm begging. I'm begging. Someone give this guy something. I'm <laughs> just begging. Like, bro, just give him that guy over anyone. Please. For trying like. Anything. He'll he'll uh, he'll get an opportunity. I think he has to. If He's not, he might. Up. Yeah, he like, has to, bro. One. If somebody passes, AR comes in with a one point five and is like just crazy. Like he has to. He's he's in the elite. Team's great. He's got Jimbo, Venom, and Paul. He's gonna keep on being a great contender. Someone's gotta give him something. Um, I want to segue into another topic right now, guys, because we're talking about our top three challenger players that we think should get a spot in the league. So that kind of goes hand in hand with if they're going to be joining in the league and getting a chance that means someone is going to have to be getting dropped out of the league now for obvious reason because i'm the only active player here i don't want to give opinions on who in the league should be dropped or could be dropped but because i know all of you guys are not playing anymore and you're brutally honest and quite frankly you don't care i want to know starting with you pat in the league who are yes. the three players that you Go ahead, Pat. Take it away. I got more than three. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Pat okay, got a whole. Okay. He got. He got a whole list. Hold up. Let me get my. All right. Go ahead. So obviously, this isn't you know logistically possible probably for some of these uh, teams, but I mean, going off just current performances and where they're at, I would say everybody on Paris but Donnie. 
I think Donnie's That's performing fair. too standard. I think he's doing he's been pretty uh, good enough to justify everyone else has been wildly inconsistent to me. Um, obviously, everyone on phase is safe. Everyone on there's a lot of teams that are safe, right? Ultra phase. Um, these top dogs. Um, Minnesota, I think. I think we we mentioned their their kind of role swap, but I think they're all. You know they're all good enough to be in the league. Um, same with LAG, um, kind of same boat. London, mm-hmm. big surprise. I, I think another team that's going to be questionable for me as the year goes on is Florida. Um, I think I think they do have Yees, I believe, as their sub. So it'd be interesting to see if that guy gets. You know, I think I think he's really talented. Gets kind of swapped in. Um, but yeah, I think Paris is the main ones, and then. I think like what you said, Ian, NYSL, right? If if they continue to have those woes, if Krim and Clay cannot find two guys that they work with, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That that'd be interesting, right? Because you, I can't imagine a world where one of them just gets dropped or benched, right? Like mm-hmm. I would see them getting traded, or, or I would hope so. Um, so yeah, I don't know if it's logistically possible, but that that would kind of be where where my head's at. If we're if we're gonna talk about like things that just are just not like who cares about logistics at this point like once again all of Paris you know why well, I'm going strictly off point? of like in game yeah just in game if, if they're trying to improve all performance. Paris besides like Donnie of course and then um to Clay for Tom Gravity let's go do it <laughs> like oh my God imagine Tom we're... Gravity and Krim on the same team <laughs> we're just I'm just throwing some names out there but honestly I mean. I'm looking at I'm looking at Florida now with uh yeah. like with the, how they've been performing this week. Yeah, they just got three owed by Ultra. Like they're just not Hixie playing. Yeah, they wait, wait, yeah. Is Skies are, are Skies and Dave Patty the two ARs? And, and there's their roles make no sense. Because I, I was watching their match yesterday and Awakening ran a sub majority of the time it was on his POV and they were uh the casters were talking about how him and Vivid as a sub duo were like they've been performing really well. So did Awakening just go full time sub? Well he's obviously probably the flex depending on the map, but well that's what I was about to say. They play a lot of like heavy three sub maps, which is weird because they have like I think more players who are traditionally a better flex or better with the the AR anyway. So, so yeah, their, their map picks are weird for the kind of, you know, the, the roles that they have on that team. But yeah, I think you're right. I think he has, I'm going to be honest. And if anyone has stats, this would be nice to know, but like who has been performing well for that team? Cause honestly, has a I don't 1.08. know. I have Awakening and Vivid, I think. Skies has been playing really bad. And which is funny because Skies fries in every eights I see him play, like absolutely has his way with the lobby. So here's okay. the stats before they got 3-0'd. Vivid has a 0.91. Skies has a 0.93. Awakening has a 1.08. And Dab Patty has a 1.0 flat. That was before their 3-0. Wow. So I think Skies, right, is the one that's underperforming. Well, I mean, I mean, you're looking at their stats. You don't really see anyone underperforming, I guess. Like, well, are they are they getting? I mean, I mean skies, like, skies was like a one point two last year. Like okay, I'm not saying trying. I'm not saying underperforming in terms of their standards. I'm saying like they're statistically not like playing terribly. Like to have like anything crazy KD wise. Like are they getting three? Like are they? Hold on, let me pull up the let me pull up the schedule because honestly, I'm kind of a little bit behind with they, the, they got three owed. They lost by one London. hard point, six five in S and D, and three two in control, and they lost their defense the three two round. Yeah, but that I'm was with to... a team that had a sub. With the team that had a sub, though. But they and got smoked by good, London, but... didn't they, Ian? You said they got 3-0'd by yeah, London? Yeah, 3-0'd by London. Yeah. 
Dude, I don't think it has anything to do with KDs um, or anything like that. I think they're, uh, it's just their pacing. I think they're playing like, the wrong maps. And I could be wrong with this. I have a limited uh, amount of time watching Florida play, especially Dave Patty. But from what I've seen, Awakening's actually done a pretty good job of, you know, kind of keeping up pace with Vivid when he has the sub. Vivid's obviously like the fastest slash most aggressive player in the game. Um, one of, without a doubt. But then you have Skies and Dave Patty, and they just, it, it's just like, 2-2 two, two split, where whoever the flex person is, they need to be like the uh, the bridge. They need to bridge the gap. But now their pacing just looks so off, and I think that's why they're losing a lot of these games the way they are. I don't think anyone is really underperforming too badly, besides maybe Skies, Pat, but I think that could also comes, uh, could come down to the pacing difference. Well, they're playing Bokaj like every series. They think they're... Uh, Twisted, I guess. That map is mixy. I don't know how people I mean, do that. Sky's, Sky's Awakening and Dad <laughs> Patty should be playing Gavutu. They should be playing yeah, Berlin. Berlin. Yeah, Berlin. Yeah, that's what I would think. Like, they're playing Bokaj every series. Like, every well, maybe, series maybe there's a the target auto veto or vetoed against them, no? Because the teams know? Maybe. That would make sense. What about, why like, would Berlin? they be picking Bokaj, even if that's true? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know Why what they're they doing. It? <laughs> maybe, maybe it is their map set. Maybe, it, maybe it comes down to the players. But like, I feel like that team is just running into the same issue they did in like Cold War. It's just like they're like they look like they can be good, but they're just not per, like putting up the results. Like based on their statistics, like it just makes no sense. That well, team, like the team Optic, is just so it's such a weird team. Like Optic lost two game five round elevens, right? And then they bounced back and they won their next series. They three would Paris, which is exactly what I predicted to happen. Ultra just lost. I mean, uh, Ultra just beat Florida with Hixie filling in one point on hard point, one round in SD, one round in mm -hmm. control. You should oh, I guess you have a point. Control, right. And then they lost to LA Thieves. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Real quick, though. Real quick, though. Got to interrupt four. you. I know it was a close series, but Toronto didn't get a single scrim in with Hixie. They just woke up one day. Cami was like, I'm sick. I can't play. Hixie filled in. Like, yeah, I, I, yeah. Florida's been yeah, practicing. Like, They've been practicing. Florida should definitely win that. But if you're just looking at this, the 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 way they're playing their series, like every single one is close. It just seems like they can't close anything out at all. And, and Pat, we spoke about this a lot, man. We remember, I mean, we won a chip because we closed everything all the time. I mean, that's I why I still have confidence in that rocker team because uh, they they are they are clutchy in their in, in their series. That's why I kind of hate for them. You all last night was really impressive when they were down five zero in search and they won four rounds in a row. That was so impressive to me. Like that's the thing if they can win those. Uh, two I don't know because I kind of talked to Kenny. Kenny said they were kind of just trolling yeah. and things just got out of hand. I still yeah, remember. I still remember if you went down five zero. What are we giving them I mean, credit you've been for? down five zero. You've been down five zero before, Pat. And what happened? Yeah, but I come back and close it out. But what I'm saying Pat is, that wasn't playing Kenny. He was he was playing plumbers and accountants. Let's get that. Out I there was first. playing you, Chris, and you want an odd parody. The way I see Florida, at least the way I looked at them last year, is they're like the rocker of like respawn, or they were. It's like a minute. Like Florida used to be like. Pretty damn good at respawn, but they couldn't close. They had no clutch, and they were terrible at S and D. Like it's the same. Yeah. It's they're like they're literally like the freaking respawn version of uh of Minnesota. It seems like, and the there I don't know what it is about that team. If it's like maybe a role thing, or if it's like they're running into the same situation that uh Minnesota has with their with their players 
But I don't, I don't know. They just they're just like uh, they're just an unclutched team, and I honestly don't know what they need to do to fix that. If, I don't know if it's a role swap. I don't know if it's a the roster that they're putting together because they've had what awakening and skies like together this whole time, and people are having that argument where it's like, oh, one of them needs to go, and they kept them both, and they brought in another AR player. So that like, was wild. Oh, although I think yeah. Dave Patty is good, and he he stepped into that IGL role for them, but but yeah, that was a wild move. Yeah, that was a wild move, and I still think that it wasn't the right move. Um, but you know, we'll see how it plays out. But those guys are. They're fly. They've been flying under the radar in terms of our of, of our talking points in our last two shows. But like, I think I think the way they've been performing this week, I think we're gonna we're gonna have a keen eye on them for the next you know Ooh, week. Keen eye. You yeah. want to hear? You want to hear my answer? What? Go for it. <sighs> I think it's obvious. Uh-oh. It's got to be. It's got to be Krimmer Clay. It has to be. I. But I just don't see it happening this year. I don't. See oh a, no no I don't. See I, don't I don't. But. I'm I'm saying if I was the general manager of NYSL, do they have a GM? Oh yeah, yeah, it's Krim. Um, but if I was, <laughs> and like my only goal was winning, right? Obviously, they're not. Neither of them are going to get dropped. Like it just wouldn't make sense from a brand standpoint. Um, and I, they're obviously both Call of Duty legends. They're not performing well right now. And why, or while I think both of them could be really good, I just don't think it'll happen on the same team. I, I think with how Vanguard's being played and their play styles, the way they view the game, it, it just doesn't work out. Like it's all it's doing, all it's doing is making it harder on the whole team in yeah. and out of game, right? We talked about this last week where. I personally don't mind their way of of calling out mistakes. You know, I watched their docu series, and uh, it was pretty toxic. I'll be honest; it was pretty toxic. I didn't mind it, but I could see visually Hydra and Neptune were not feeling it. You know, it wasn't hitting them, and they were getting hit from both angles, Krim and Clay. Um, even when they but, were but in, hold on, hold on, they real were quick, in though. series, though, in the actual series too, bro. They had the behind the scene, behind stage footage. I couldn't believe it. What were you gonna but, say? But, yeah, I was just saying, like, because I agree with you. I, I did see that also, but it's not like it was... Here's my problem. It's not like it was Krim and Clay versus Hydra and Neptune. Krim and Clay were still bitching at each other the same oh, they way. they were. They were. Issues. So I'm saying the environment Hydra, overall. No, no, I agree with you, but I'm saying if I'm Hydra and Neptune, I'm not taking shit personal when it comes my way if I'm watching them two dish it to each other, right? Like, I agree. It's I agree obvious with that. It's, a, it's a full team thing everyone wanting to improve and i think that's something that everyone even the public perception needs to understand it's like it's a team environment it's not anyone ganging up on anyone and i think that's I, something i'm in that full agreement with that pat always. but i but i also think we're in the minority there i do i i, I truly in, think in, that's because we play and we played we've played around that environment for you know most of our even with players yeah even with players i mean with dude players, really? you, you bro you guys have had teammates because I've had teammates that literally would just crumble under that yeah. sort of, oh, of, right. of pressure and environment, you know? Right, yeah. Um, but anyways, I just does I just don't think it's good. I, I think if if I was the GM of NYSL, especially with all this challenger talk, right? There's a lot of really good players. I would try and make a move with either one of either Krim or Clay. So it won't happen. If you were the GM, so if you were Krim, you're gonna drop Clay. I don't know if it'd be Clay. I, I, don't, I don't know if it would be Clay because like I said, I do think they're, they're both ass right now. 
They know that. Yeah. I've seen them tweet it. They both know that they are not playing up to standards at all. I do, however, think that they both could be really good at this game. I just don't Separate. think it'll happen on the same team. Yeah. I just hot don't think hot take or maybe not so hot take, but one of them is uh, probably done playing after this year. Yeah. Maybe one they of, might well, go to maybe both. One of them definitely is. They have it has they they have to be unless they just have like a wildly successful year. I don't Anyways. see it happening. Barring yeah. them getting like a superstar to pair with Hydra, like a a superstar. I don't I don't see a world where they can can make censor. Censor. This meme is never Sense, yo censor. I dude. I I'm not even trolling or trying to meme. I dude. I would like to see how Hydra would play with Doug. Talking about players so underperforming, and this is going to be a super hot take, but I actually think, like, comparing to last year, mm -hmm. Simp is probably one of the most underperforming players in the league right now. He's not even positive from a KD standpoint. And think about this. Baze oh. is 3-0. and and Simp is dropping that like a thumbnail. That's Pat's pick to get dropped. Oh, think Simp. about this. No, 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 not to get dropped. Not to get dropped. But from a <laughs> from an underperforming standpoint, Simp being like a lock 1.2 MVP to being like a point nine player and phase is still three and oh. Yeah, no, this it's is gonna be, it's just surprising. It's gonna be terrifying when he when he gets going and gets his shit together because phase I feel like will go to another level. But he's like, bro, like that's a severe drop from what we're used to seeing from Simp. Still so true. early. They've only played in two series. They're two and oh, they, they're three, right? Yeah, three and oh. They're three. Three and oh okay, with so the kickoff classic. Like that's that's enough room to kind of gauge, you know, to to have a point nine for Simp. Like that's that's three bad series for him almost in a row. That's true. He yeah. hasn't had that. Selium, Selium, and Abizis, uh, their level of play right now is is unbelievable. They're yeah. both of them are top five players in the game. Okay, before we uh, before we uh, continue to you know go into a different segment here because we're starting to talk about you know people that are playing really well ian um we should probably segue to a different uh topic because we actually have some youtube comments that are that could be you know spark some conversation here so i'm going to read one off here envoy was the only one that held optic together he was literally their manager coach and comms man Funny how he leaves and they're struggling with having a lead. That guy's a tier three envoy sub for sure. <laughs> a thousand percent. He a thousand percent. Um, yeah, that, that's some cap to me. I, I mean, I do think there's a little was, truth in there. I think he was a vital role on that team. I think yeah, that yeah. that goes without saying. He was a vital role on they that call team. On the manager, coach. I know for hundred yeah, percent he is I mean, not it's a manager. Of it's super, it's super over exaggerated, but he has a point that we can talk about for sure. Yeah. I he was missing that vital role. That's a fact. Yeah. Even 100%. though, I mean, it's still early. Optic obviously got their first win. Maybe they they can turn it around. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like they need an actual leader, which they yeah. have with Envoy. And who knows? Maybe Illy can can really grow into it. Well, if you guys watched that series, I think Illy did a great job in that. And granted, like, hey, they were playing Parish, right? We can't give too much credit. It was a 3-0 smoke. But yeah. 
I think he did a great job. And not only did he perform statistically well for himself individually, but he was getting super hype in the comms. He was being loud. And I don't know if you saw, but like a kind of a note to take away from it was after each map, he was the one that was like first one standing up, like dapping up all his teammates, like saying good shit. And like, that's not what we saw, you know, from the last week where they were losing and he was throwing his headset off and shit like that. So I think it was a big Well, they got to win this time. Right, 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 right. But I think it was a big confidence, right? Like they get this 3-0 under their belt. They, they, they kind of brush off the fact that they were sucking and not clutching up. So I don't know. I think all eyes are going to be on Illy because I think as a public perception, he's the only one on this team that can do it. So, you know, who knows? I think he does step into that role, given that confidence boost, and, and we'll see if it continues. Uh, Real quick. So I'm going to I agree with how Illy um, was doing a good job of that. But real quick, while we you know get another comment pulled up, um, I think there's a big misconception with just teams in general. Like it's very rare that you don't need a leader on a team and everyone's gonna contribute everyone's gonna contribute. And I feel like a lot of people are trying to like stray away from that leadership type, you know, S team. But like you need a leader. I think most teams need a leader. I don't think that that's ever gonna go away. You just need somebody that's gonna like hold you together in those clutch situations. Exactly. And I think Ender is probably the best one to step up, which sucks because he's so young and that puts a lot of pressure on him. But I just don't see anybody else being able to do that. Yeah. Can I just say one really quickly when you say this whole young thing, I just don't agree with it because I just look back at when I was a young player, when I was 18 playing with Aches or 19 Chris playing with you, like it was kind of like a tandem leadership. Like I take a back. We were all the and, same age though. So you're telling me that a 19 year old can't do that with someone who's 22 or 23? No, but I'm saying I'm saying the age gaps are a lot more now. Like, look at that optic team. Seth's twenty-seven playing with how nineteen old year old. And how old is Brandon? Probably all nineteen, maybe twenty. No, not twenty-one. Right? Got to be like twenty, right? Twenty-one. Okay, okay. Age, uh, age aside, probably just turned twenty-one. Age aside, Doug, we're going into a generation, or we've been in a generation where players are coming into the scene that have been playing for different years, like different amounts of time. Like back in the day when me and Pat played, or even you, and you know, all of us, we all basically have been playing COD for the same amount of time relatively right yeah. nowadays that's not a thing like you have players that have been playing like serious competitive cod for two years team with people that have been playing playing competitive cod for like 10 years so like naturally those people are going to look at those players and be like as a respect thing they know more than i do or they they are or they're going to be those people that step up and sadly that's not the case and that's where you get into these weird situations where it's like oh there's no leader or somebody doesn't know how to step up to that role yet and they have to fill in fill in the gaps so that's I mean, like, I, people just look at you're you're so spot on, Chris, with what you said. But people think that a, like a leader is everyone else on the team just listens to that person. He's a drill sergeant. It, it's not that, but you need to have someone who, it, when you're in the process of of improving in each game, that it is bringing up ideas, like new ideas to improve, new ways to rotate, uh, new ways to break a hill. Someone who is confident putting his thoughts out there. And then depending on the team, because there are some teams, right? If you look at like NYSL where it's basically Krim and Clay, they're kind of the, the masterminds behind it. Um, and then maybe a team like FaZe or LAT, for example, when I watch them play, they, they have Envoy who for the most part, he's the guy that is making these thoughts uh, come to life. And then they bounce back ideas with each other so they can all get on the same page. So yeah. when the time, when, when the stakes are high, you're in the heat of the moment, everyone knows because whatever was brought up is executed. 
Whereas I feel like with Optic, they just don't have anyone who is genuinely having like thought provoking conversations to improve. Yeah, you're you're spot on with that. You're spot on. If Ray was able to be in the game, they'd be like like headset plugged in while they're playing. I think it it would make it would make a world of difference for that team. Night and day, probably, yeah. But it's not possible, so yeah, I agree. I'm trying to pull up uh, the schedule right here. Um, it looks like Friday of next week we have matches. Friday, Saturday, we have a lot of matches coming up. So Let's just get a few of them, see. though. Get our pick-ems in. Thieves what are the big ones? Atlanta yeah, Pays Rocker. That's on Friday at 4.30. That's a good one. Optic Resultra. <laughs> That's optic results could be very good. Too. That would be optics first real test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the yeah. That's what I was gonna say. This will decide. Wait, this is a big match too because they're one and two, right? Yeah. yeah. So if they if they lose to Toronto, they're in loser bracket, right? Guaranteed. There's no yeah. Almost, barring like a crazy, crazy tiebreaker, tie, yeah. almost guaranteed. Yeah. Wow, that's Let's tough. Start with that one. That's, yeah. Let's start with that one. That is tough for them. Uh, Who you got, Ian? Optic face or optic ultra? Sorry. Is Cammy back? Is he full health? You know? Yeah, we gotta assume that's a full week away, right? Like, yeah, he'll probably be good. I, dude, it's gonna be tough for Optic. You know, I, I think they're a lot better than they have been playing, but we really haven't got much. I mean, they got the win versus Paris this week, but it was versus Paris. That doesn't really tell me anything. Yeah. You know, they could beat that team respectfully uh, just by running around and outgunning them. I think Toronto is gonna win this. Toronto is the better team right now. Um, from top to bottom, in my opinion. And it's going to suck because unless for some crazy circumstance, Optic will be in losers. But I just want to see them be competitive. If they win and prove me wrong, that's great as well. But if they're just competitive with Toronto, goes to a game five, they have a lot of close uh, back and forth maps, that's a good sign if you're an Optic fan. If they kind of get pushed to the side, uh, they're not looking good for the rest of the year, in my opinion. Danger zone, true. Ultra danger zone. Ultra 3-2. So you think it's going to be close? You think Optic's going to be competitive? Yeah, I think that Ultra's going to like cash it out in Game 5 SND. I think it will be a good series. I hope, dude. Optic needs to be good. Sorry. I want to say they're going to have a good series, but, I mean, granted, it's a completely different roster. Like, Ultra's had Optic, you know, as an organization's number since last year. Just every single time, Thorn on their side and every single tournament bracket. And I don't know what it is. I just have a feeling that they're they're gonna stomp them out. If 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 Cammy's playing, um, I think I think they'll stomp them out. Ultra just looked really good. And Optic, um, besides Paris, like granted they did beat Paris in a dominant fashion. It's Paris, so just off prior results, I think um, Ultra is gonna stomp. But I mean, Listen. if Optic plays well, great, because I I want to see them be more competitive. That's just more competitive in the league. So. Listen, I think Ultra is going to be our 2022 world champions. I'm just going to preface it with that. But, but, that's an early take. Okay, clip it and ship it. But I think Optic's going to win this series. Of course. You guys are talking about them going game five. And and yeah, they did go game five twice and lost both in a heartbreaking fashion. I think this is the one series they clutch up. I think they got to clutch up. They know that. Um, You know, I'm. You don't remember last year? 
They nah, had... but, but look, this is loser bracket, right? Like, if you lose this, you're in loser bracket. And they know that, right? They're, they're going into that match thinking that. Like, it's it's still do or die, right? We mentioned that last yeah. episode. It's still do or die for these guys. They're still back against the wall. They got to perform. So I think they're going to pull it out. Um, And, and I think this series is going to be really important in the vetoes. I think they really need to kind of take, take their time and kind of analyze what maps they want to play against Ultra because I, I think the map set could really determine, you know, their success in this series. So I don't know what the map counter is going to be. If it does go game five, I'm going to say Optic is going to edge it out. But but yeah, I, I think it's an Optic win. It's just going to be tough, bro. It's, it's going to be hard. Hard as it, hell. Toronto's a tough team to fucking beat because they're so good at every mode. So it's like, it doesn't even matter. Like Optic doesn't necessarily have that that weak point to capitalize on with Toronto. That's why I said it's got to come down to the map set, bro. You got to get a favorable map set here. Okay, what else do we matches, have? A couple of other matches. I want you guys to just give me your your what you guys think is going to happen. Uh, Subliners and Breach. Royalty making a second start. Does Crim and Clay step it up? It's a big match. I'll go first. It's a big match for NYSL. And I think this is actually good for them um, because the first series of Royalty, obviously he was in Canada. And on top of that, he was going up against a very strong LAT team. Is he going to be in Texas for this series? I'm assuming. I don't know. You have I don't to have know. a visa. You have to have oh, a visa. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. So do they have enough time to make that work? I don't think so. Wait, if he's not, this is still a good series for him. They're playing a team in Boston. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That That's true. That and and oddly enough here, he's playing people that were in challengers at some point that he's probably more used to playing against. So he might actually have a leg up here, at least just from his standpoint. I okay. think I, I think you, this is a good series for them just because so far they've played, right? They've played Seattle, LAG, LAT. You have uh, a team that's 3-0, and 2-2, and 2-1. and This Boston team is good. They're, they're either very good at SND. I think they're kind of on the same page as like a Minnesota where it's like they're more of a 2-3-5 team. Their hard point doesn't look fantastic by any means. But so this is a series that they could take, in my opinion. Like, it's not like they're going up against an Atlanta face or a Seattle or they Toronto. They beat them at the uh, Classic. They did. They, that was obviously with, with Neptune. But and on land, where this will be big for their just overall team morale moving forward. Because you lose this one. Now you went 0-2 with Neptune, 0-2 with Royalty. It's and you like, have no excuses behind ping it, or anything it, like exactly. that. Exactly. You get so, a week practice. I think NYSL. Nah, I can't even. I can't even. Yeah, cap. I, I was going to say, I think they're going to win. No, I think Breach are going to win. I hope NYSL win just because I don't want to, you know, I like the guys on the team and I don't want to see them start on four, but they just look trash. It'll be bad. It'll be they bad at trash. It'll be really bad. I'm what going full New York, Stan. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I reset my piece. I'm going full New York stand. I think. Uh, I see Ro- yeah, I want to see royalty do good. Those are all my boys. Like, I can't go against them. I have faith in my boy Matt. I know he's going to be on a more even playing field this time. So I want to see him do well. Um, as you know, opposed to how he played statistically versus the thieves. But I think it's still going to come down to the clay and crim dynamic, unless uh, some- something else just you know happens. This but- is the best matchup for him, I think. I do. Yeah, to, to bounce I- back, 100. percent the thing is, they're 0-3. They know they're in losers. This is a tough thing to really get hyped for. I mean, because 
I don't know. I for me, I just see it, this is a another practice, right? They're gonna have a week of practice, and the series is gonna be like, all right, well, let's see what our practice kind of came down to. They probably still won't have their ideal map set yet. So for me, I I just don't see a world where they rebound that fast. Um, I do think they'll play better, but I think I think Breach is just too good of an S and D team, and I don't think NYSL's respawn is on par. I think they're probably if you know equal at best with Breach. So I got Breach taking this series. One last series I want to say, and I'm going to say New York 3-2. One last series I want to say uh, before we wrap it up is London Royal Ravens or Seattle Surge. Now, obviously, we went off the kickoff. Seattle 3-0 them. But now, London's a different team. And Seattle's a different team as well. Well, maybe not they're a different team. They're still doing the same thing they did on the <laughs> line, But Right now, I mean, if I'm looking at these standings, London is 3-1, Seattle's 3-0, and and Seattle won two game five, five fives. So they looked a lot better on land. Awesome, than crazy clutches, matches. too. Yeah, so they the look ice better. Man. Seattle looks better. Seattle looks Another better on the line. Who do you guys have in that matchup? Because London's looking <sighs> good online. Seattle still looks good. I think this could be a close series, but I'm going to take Surge in this one, three-one. Mm. Are they in the same like pool? Could this be the guarantee for the top spot? That's a good question. Uh, I am not sure. I dude, I don't even know how to find the pools. Or what? It, like whatever. I don't. Like, no, I, can't, I can't find it either. Dude, I don't. So here's the thing. Once again, which I think a lot of people, they don't really look into the details here. I I do think London are are the top half. They're on the top half of teams so far in this game. But when you compare their series, right? They played Florida, not a good team. You know, they're not in the top half in the league. They played Texas where they won 3-2 the round 11. Um, Optic obviously doesn't look in form. And then the Minnesota win uh, was solid, which was 3-1. But once again, Minnesota's not a good respawn team. I wouldn't put them amongst the, the best teams in the league. And then they got fucking beat by LAG today. Or LAG, yeah, today, right? Is that it was? Today, yeah. 3-1. So they got 3-1. Now, LAG, in my opinion, is one of the best hardpoint teams in the game. But then when you look at Seattle, like, they have close matches, but they've still... I just feel like their quality of opponent is... I guess maybe it's it's about the same. I was really going a whole... You know what? Fuck it. I got Seattle Surge. (laughs) <laughs> I was I, I I thought that they had better competition, but to be fair, they played New York as well. But I think when you know, I think when you combine the land, the kickoff, and this, it's clear that Seattle is a way better team. Even though London looked good, I have Seattle surge winning. That was way too long. Jesus. If London didn't get <laughs> beat by LAG today, if if that didn't happen, if London just would have took care of business against LAG, I would have said London's going to win this series. But them getting beat by LAG kind of has me worried. Like, I don't know if it was just an off day for them because I, I, I kind of just was watching their stock just skyrocket, right? As they played all their mm-hmm. matches, like they were just like, damn, they're getting better and better and looking really good. But then they, they lose to a pretty con- inconsistent LAG team. Um, and ASIM had like a crazy series. So I don't know how, um, you know, how much weight to really put into that. But I don't know. It made the decision a lot tougher for me, but I'm still gonna I'm still gonna say London London take this. I think Seattle just had too many close series. They had too many clutch up moments. Um, 
So you yeah, I'm, think? I'm gonna go London, bro. I'm gonna go London. Hey, that's a sign a, of a great a team, though. Fight, though. Yeah, that's a sign a of a great fight, team. Though. I'm excited for it, Doug. What do you have? I think Surge winning three one. I just think like when I look at these teams and I compare them to each other, London a complete turnaround from the kickoff to now, but Surge consistent. Like I said at the beginning of the year, in my opinion, top three teams: Surge, Phase, Ultra. You could say Thieves, maybe like they're right there in that conversation. Um, but I probably have Thieves Surge, in London four or five, right? Surge to me, just like I don't see much of a weakness. Like people say, Lamar's the weak point. Lamar's the reason they won two of their last series. He literally won them their last <laughs> series. That ass. Like he literally no, that is won true. But how often can that like, keep happening? Those round of Hey, he hasn't been happening for a minute, man. Like he's literally been doing it his whole career. I don't think it's gonna slow down. And I think his players that he has around him are incredible. Like they just have such a great team. So I, I think that Surge. They might lose the search. They look good in search. Like I think London will beat them in a map. I think it'll be a three to one, but who knows? Maybe they'll prove me wrong. Chris? Okay, okay. I like that. I think, oh my gosh, this is a tough one. It's going to be a good series, by the way. It could, it could be a good series, or Seattle just continues this train of just looking extremely good. Um, and well, just They go game five almost guys. every time. What? Yeah, but... St- they still they're still clutching up and went game five versus Toronto. Like, you know, it's not like they're going game five to just any team. But they're going yeah. game five. They went game five against Optic too, didn't they? No. Oh, no, no they? I'm sorry, Rocker, Rocker, Rocker. Oh, okay. But Rocker's still a good team too. Like Yeah, but And I feel like <laughs> we're going against Rock going going game five versus Rocker, like they're gonna yeah, win their. I that means you lost a respawn to Rocker, though. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I think okay. when you're that good at S and D as Seattle is, same thing we saw last year with Toronto, even with Phase, even though Phase is a little bit of a fucking outlier because they're just the best at everything, is you can consistently trust the fact that you're gonna win either that game two or that game five. You know, so as long as you're just they might have off days, Pat, where you know their gunny's not as hot. They lose or they lose a control because they got offense, like we talked about, and it's Gavit two. Yeah. So anyways, you I, still I still think Seattle. I still think Seattle. So I'm the only Seattle hater, bro. I can't believe. I just it. I look, man. Anyone who clutches up in two game five round elevens, bro, to me, they still got more to prove. I think they're a phenomenal team, but I need to see some dominant victories out of them versus these top teams. But anyway. That's our pickums for next week. Um, you know, down in the YouTube comments, we want to know what you guys have any questions for us. Any hot takes, any any things you want us to answer. Um, for me, I hope your guys' Super Bowl bets went well and, and you won a little bit of cash. But look, this is only our second episode episode. And we're <laughs> gonna be episode. Uh, and we're gonna be back next week. So uh hope you guys all enjoyed and uh we'll see you then.